My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. Hey, are you ready? Are we recording? Is this happening? Are we on? Are we live? Should I stop touching the microphone with my handicles? Yes. Happy Australia Day. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, Happy well, Australia Day. Somebody this morning was just asking me, what, what's Australia Day about? And I'm like, well, it's basically the celebration, just like in America, of invading a country and destroying the Aboriginal indigenous population and uh, having some form of association with the Queen, but in our case, too wimpy to call yourself a Republican, so we're still attached to her. Right. But I, but. And then you drink beer. But we don't have a day celebrating the death of indigenous people. Yeah, you do. Is Thanksgiving? It's called Columbus Day. You just don't know what it's oh, really about. Oh, Columbus Day. Yeah, I don't celebrate Columbus Day because that's bad. It's so wrong in many ways. Probably going to get a few notes about so that. So there you go, Australia Day. Although and- it won't be Australia Day when this is published. It's Australia Day as we're laying down the pipe, as it were. Yeah. So what really happens in Australia on Australia Day is the eating of various meat products and the drinking of large, no, Enormous amounts of beer. So it's not really a special day at all. I learned something interesting that's kind of an aside about Irish people, and I know you're also Irish. Yeah, double win. That a lot of Irish people feel that this was a comedy sketch, so I'm not sure any – I haven't backed any of this up by fact or anything. Please. Like, why would you start? Like, Irish people think they're very special, and a lot of them are. You're a very special okay. Irishman. Yeah. Because a lot of Irish people, turns out, are born around Christmas. Okay. Do you know what is nine months before Christmas? No. St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not really divine intervention so much as it's a lot of green beer. That is very good. <laughs> should we start talking Tesla or should that's we just a, talk about That's a fun so, fact right there, buddy. All right. So let's uh, let's get into we this bad boy. We have so much to get oh, through. It's a long, long so list. So I'm really going to have to ask you to make your points quickly. Just agree with me. That would be best. Have you been listening to this show? That yeah. doesn't happen. All right. No. So we're going to start here with the SpaceX launch. I went to see the launch at Vanderbilt because I thought to myself, self, yeah. I've got to go see one of these things. I want to see the fire and the brimstone Feel and everything. the burn. The burn. And I'm like, Tom, let's get in the Tesla. Let's drive up the Vandenberg. But you had to wash the cat. Yeah, that's true. My cat was filthy that day. And so I just had to go to town. It was me, the cat, and a toothbrush for hours. Yeah. It was great. He loved it. So Tom didn't come, but my son, my wife came. So uh, I watched it, though, on the, on on the, the stream. stream did, that is live. Did, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Did you see anything? Well... Uh, it's a bit upsetting, Tom. <laughs> so Vandenberg Air Force Base is about two and a half hours up the coast from Los Angeles. And you go onto the websites and you're like, where's the best place to see this thing? And it's really yeah. difficult to work out the best place. Mm-hmm. So we decided we would go all the way just outside the base. You can't go on the base if you don't have a press pass, didn't have a press pass. Or so outside the base, we're just on the side of the road with about three or 400 other people all excited. There's a guy next to me with his little baby. He's like, oh, I love these things. Oh, this is my third one. Yeah. And uh, he said, look over there, over that hill there. That's where it's going to come up. And it was really foggy. Really, really foggy. Because it's like winter in California now. Sadly foggy. So yeah. uh, the thing takes off mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And it sounds like this. Nine, eight, Three. Two, one. 
Falcon 9 rocket with Jason 3, continuing the mission for global insight into ocean sea surface height and its effects on our planet. I was absolutely terrified, to tell you the truth. I could hear this rumbling noise. Uh The rocket is vibrating in your chest. It's just the most awesome sensation. But did I see anything? No. Did you? I didn't even see a glow. Nothing. Nothing. Not even a bit. Not even a a sousant of spaceship. You, sir. I watched the whole thing thing. (laughs) on SpaceX.com, and I think that they do a spectacular job making these fun and interesting. It's young engineers that work for SpaceX that are the commentators. They're going back and forth from like a dude live at a soccer field near Vandenberg to inside SpaceX Launch Center to Cape Canaveral to – to Vandenberg, so it was very cool, and it needed to be in an Arctic orbit as opposed to an equatorial or- orbit. So it took 45 minutes from launch or from stage separation to deployment, so SpaceX went kind of dark for most of that time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but played a lot of techno music on the, in the, <laughs> on the thing, so it was like... For like forty five minutes, you could see Tom dancing. It was it was it was very very cool though. I I enjoyed it. Now the big part of this, their main mission was to send up this um, satellite, and it worked well in its primary mission. Mel, that's how they use it. Not their main mission, their primary mission. That was their primary mission. But their secondary mission, which was to me the more interesting one, was could they take this uh, first stage and land it on the barge? So they got this barge. It's one hundred and fifty feet by two hundred and fifty feet, and it's got this really cute name. It's called. Just read the instructions. Just read the instructions. And you and I have been having this discussion about why do they want to land on the barge. My understanding from Bloomberg.com and Uh even from Elon's tweets is that because this was a very high orbit, when the first stage come down, because it's burning longer, it's coming down at a really high rate of speed. And if it fails to employ the retro rockets, it's going to hit the ground or the water at a very high speed and they – don't want to do that at Cape Canaveral. And they can't do it in Vandenberg because Vandenberg doesn't have a landing site. So, yeah, uh, they, but they're working on it. But they want to land it on a barge so that if it explodes, it explodes out in the water and it's not going to kill anybody. Right. But you don't think that's true or you think something's That's different? not the biggest part of it from what I understand. So you have your land and you have your rocket. And typically, I don't know if you knew this, but there's no places where they launch rockets in the middle of the country. No. They're on the edge, right? So yes. they go out. They, they go out the over the ocean. Yes, right. And so that amount of fuel. So they go. They go out, say, ten or fifteen miles out. Yes, as they're going up. Yes, and if they had extra fuel to come back that ten miles to us mm-hmm. to a ground landing site, mm-hmm. that's extra fuel weight they can't put in the payload. Got it. Right. So they want to have you go out 10 miles, your barge is waiting 10 miles, and then that first stage just has to come straight, straight down. down. Interesting. Right. So, the, so that way they are not – they have a little bit less fuel. Either they have less fuel needs. Yes. Or they can increase the weight of payload. the payload. So, that's, so there's two that's good That's my reasons. understanding of the, of the long-term reasoning for the barge because – Clearly, they've had some barge issues, although I believe in this particular case, regardless of whether it was a landing on ground or on the barge, this thing blows up because of the the, the leg didn't lock out. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, it basically it lands and does a great job, and then it topples over because the leg didn't lock, and uh, then it 
goes boom. But at least Elon in his tweet, which was very funny, says, at least the chunks of metal are bigger this time than the last time. It blew up. <laughs> like, we're getting yeah. closer. And the conspiracy theories, theorists on the, on the chat rooms, like while the, the thing was going on, like the feed to the barge, like they had one camera on the barge and about a minute before touchdown, oh, that feed, feed just magically went mm. dead. And they're like, well, it is in the middle of the ocean and the seas are rough. So that was the other thing about it. There were like 15 foot seas out there. So very, very difficult to do the barge landing, but you know, they're, they'll, they learn more. They're getting a little bit closer. Yes, they are. All right, solar tax credit extension. This is really for the U.S. audience. This is important. So we here in the U.S., like a lot of countries, have uh, solar tax credits. So you put up uh, your solar panels and you get a tax credit. In the U.S., it was 30%, but set to expire in 2016, which was freaking a lot of people up. But in what is can only be described as a miracle, (laughs) a miracle. It was festivist when it it happened. It was amazing. The Congress here in the United States passes no bills. It's just how no. it works. And when they do, somebody doesn't sign them. So, you know, it's like a whole process. A whole thing, which uh, is a whole discussion about that's probably what the point of Congress is, is to not do too much. Yeah. But anyway, they passed an extension of the solar tax credit and it got signed off by the president. So now we're still going to have solar tax credits. That's going to help the industry for a while, but then it's going to Come on down. It's going to come down by uh, 2022 down Gently, to just 10%. Like on a puffy little pillow. I like and, what you wrote here, by the way. What was that? You called it an amazing display of getting <laughs> done. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a writer. Very funny. I'm a writer Very at heart. funny. But you didn't, you didn't say the word, so I did for you. It's funny. <laughs> Good on you. Um, this is important because we, there's been this roller coaster ride of do you have credits and not have credits. Right. And so the industry just like builds itself up and then it collapses and builds up and collapses. Right. Um, most experts that I have read in this era say this should be more than enough time for the industry to have the uh, market without uh, needing credits anymore because yeah. solar power generation costs are coming way down. And this is probably the last time they'll need these kind of credits because they will be good. Hey, uh, Tom, let's talk about Hyperloop. Oh, the Hyperloop is, is becoming closer and closer to reality. Again, on it? my drive up there. You saw a Hyperloop? Like, no, I didn't see a Hyperloop. You took Hyperloop, the Hyperloop. But there were, because it's central California that I was driving through, and they're getting the first bit of the high-speed train, pro high-speed train posters up and down the, the freeway. They were pro high-speed? Pro high, like, it's coming, high-speed is the future, blah, blah, blah. And is it? Anymore? Like, are we you moving never, forward with this thing? Never, you never hear anything about it. I hope we're not, because I think it was like $68 billion it's for something that billions. Hyperloop could do for maybe a tenth the price. So Proof here, of concept. This is from The Verge. And The Verge, the Verge says this. There are two groups, and I had to work this out because I'm getting so confused. So maybe this will help you out there. And Thanks. That'd be podcast great. Land. There are two groups working on the Hyperloop, two big groups. So there's Hyperloop Transportation Technologies. HTT. HTT. And the other group is called Hyperloop Technologies. HT, no second T. They both are in Los Angeles <laughs> and have almost identical names. So that's why I was confused. No, it's, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> no. HTT <laughs> is a crowdsourced approach where you come and you work for free and you get some stock and they're doing some stuff. And then HT is the more traditional venture capital Silicon Valley funded with 50 employees, and they're both working on their prototypes and getting this thing going. It's HTT that is building the five-mile track in Quail Valley that you talked about on last episode. Right, but in Quail Valley. But who's building – So, but SpaceX is also building a test loop, a 1.6-kilometer test 
test loop in Hawthorne? Don't confuse it. But yes. who's building that? Is it is it one of these two companies or is that Elon sort of on the side? Because I think it's on the side because they're doing this. Um, let me break in here to the podcast with some actual facts. So is SpaceX going to be a third Hyperloop company? Well, it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the answer is no. If you go to spacex.com forward slash Hyperloop, there's a description of the Hyperloop pod competition. And it says this, since we first unveiled the idea of high-speed ground transportation called the Hyperloop back in 2013, there's been a tremendous amount of interest in the concept. And we're excited that a handful of private companies have chosen to pursue this effort. Neither SpaceX nor Elon Musk is affiliated with any Hyperloop companies. While we are not developing a commercial Hyperloop ourselves, we are interested in helping accelerate development of functional Hyperloop prototypes. For this reason... SpaceX is announcing an open competition geared towards university students and independent engineering teams to design and build the best Hyperloop pod. To support this competition, SpaceX will construct a one-mile test track adjacent to our Hawthorne, California headquarters. Teams will be able to test their human-scale pods during a competition weekend at the track currently targeted for summer of 2016. The knowledge gained here will continue to be open-sourced. Break a pod. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Chrysler. Now, as you know, Chrysler is a big American car company Big here, one, massive. And um, they've got the minivan. They became famous because of the minivan. You know, That's it basically true. saved Chrysler back in the day, like 30 years ago. And uh, they have what I wanted five years ago. By the end of the year, Tom, they're yeah. going to release a plug-in minivan. I so wanted this five years ago. So this is going to be uh, sort of a copy of the Town and Country, which is their big minivan. Yeah. And you're going to be able to plug it in. Nice. You're going to be able to get 30 miles on a charge, which is perfect for just driving the kids around, driving to school, doing your Soccer thing. Soccer As we always say. And then it's going to have a backup motor so that you can go to Montana. So it's hybrid gas mode as opposed to a generator to recharge the battery. Is that, do we know the exact technology situation that we're looking at? Tom, you're killing me wanting to know actual real facts. Well, it turns out it's a 30-mile range on the electric part, and then it's a separate gas motor, normal gas, uh, petroleum products. And remember that the Volt, the Volt, not the Bolt, because the Bolt is fully electric, the Volt with a V, has a gas motor, but that gas motor actually generates electricity for the electric motor. It's a subtle point, but some people want to know. So it also qualifies for the federal tax yes. credit. Credit, so which is which is say. great. And, but, and you have here that Hyundai and Ford don't. Because of what? What would you know? Why that? So the, you, what makes this unique? To get these federal tax credits again, this is mostly for the U.S. people. You have to get a certain amount of range in your electric portion of your electric car. Okay. The other ones don't quite fit it. So at thirty miles, that hits the point where the feds say, okay, you can get right. your seven thousand five hundred dollar tax credit. Cool. But the Ford and the Hyundai only get around twenty miles, so they don't get that uh, credit. So uh, there you go. A plug-in Chrysler minivan. Right. Like I said, I think a lot of people are going to get that. Let's do oil prices. I, want to, I wanted to understand a little bit about why the oil prices have collapsed right now. Uh -huh. So I went to NewYorkTimes.com and it says this. I will summarize for you. How did this happen? According to the New York Times expert, it's this. First of all, U.S. doubled their production of uh, oil in the last few years. They want to become energy independent from the Middle East. Because it was expensive also. It was, e it was, it was easy a price and easy to get. Like the more difficult oil, yep. you could get more money for it. It's easy to go to Chevron and somebody say, yeah, see that place over there? You're allowed right. to drill there now. Do you want to? And they're like, gas is five bucks a gallon. Damn straight we do. Yeah. Um, then the Saudis, um, who with OPEC, usually what they do when there's too much oil out there and the price starts going down – 
They, uh, particularly the Saudis, say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to reduce production, so up goes the price. They didn't do it this time because they said, now we're getting all this competition from the Canadians and the Venezuelans and the Americans. Yeah. We don't want to lose market share so that when the prices go up again, we get the money. So they're not dropping production. They're like, we'll outspend you. So they are going to continue production. And so you've got this giant oil glut. And then add to that that Canada and Iraq and Iran have ramped up production, that cars have become more fuel efficient and people are using less fuel. Then you basically have this perfect storm of lots and lots of uh, fuel out there, lots and lots of oil and collapsing prices. But as this expert said, don't worry, this might last for a while, but it's not going to last because all these companies are going broke and this is the other secret part of this. And then, guess what? Prices will go back up again. So, as he said, there's nothing new here. Enjoy it. Yeah, just and, enjoy it while And if I you're can. smart, you'll go, you won't go and buy an SUV because a year from now, maybe the price is going to be five bucks again. Right. And, you know, so, yeah, again, it's all about economies. It's all about the environment. Like, make the right choices. The charging nightmare post-SpaceX. So, again, I bring this up every episode. I'm afraid that the charging infrastructure of Tesla is not keeping up. So I go off. Tom doesn't. He, he misses the whole thing. Insert crying baby noise here. I go up to SpaceX and it's all great. And there's a lot of Tesla owners there. And then we drive back and right. coming back to LA. And I didn't quite have enough charge to get home. I, just, needed about, mm. I just needed like 20 miles. I needed like five minutes on the supercharger. Mm-hmm. I get to the supercharger in Oxnard. Yeah. 10 bay supercharger. Whoop. All full. Three people waiting, and I'm like, it's happened. This is the first time I've ever had to wait in line to wait to get charged. And here I found some friends. I forgot to ask them their names, but here's what they said. All right, so I'm at the uh, Oxnard Supercharger, and it is completely full. Hey, guys, how you doing? I do a podcast for a Tesla, and uh, I've never seen this before, so I've got to put this on the show. So how long have you guys been waiting here? Oh, I think about 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Okay. Damn. Have you ever been in a situation like this where it's full like this? Not here. Other places, yes. Yeah. There was one uh, meltdown at uh, Tahoe Ranch. We were there on the 26th. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. So, yeah, it was, it was about an hour wait. I think some of these are predictable. Two-hour waits. Some of these are predictable. There's a big event, yeah. a big event where a lot of Tesla owners are going to go, mm-hmm. and there's a supercharger there. They should, I think, be able to f- solve this by doing a couple of things. First of all, uh, tell people there might be a wait just through the app. Number two, send a little Tesla person out there because one of the problems is we're all starting to wait for the Tesla charging. Uh-huh. We don't know who's next. There's no little... Like at the deli, you don't. There's no number to take. All they right, can fix that fourth. with software, though, right? And that would be like totally. pop up on your screen, right? Your number two totally. for bay four. Like this bay has four minutes left of charging or whatever. They could but totally I think they do don't that. know. But they don't know if people are only charging for ten minutes to get a little bit, right? Or yeah. you know, if they got to go all the way. Like that's the that's well, the, the sort other, of unknown. The right? other you thing. can plug that in though. You could be like, I need. 50 miles, right? They could limit exactly. it. exactly, And then they, then they could build a software algorithm to, to do what you're so saying. So many software solutions. This, so that's what I was thinking. I only uh-huh. need 20 miles. So I'll just put in, I just need 20 miles. Let me know what happens. What we found was that it was around lunchtime too. So there's yeah. most of these cars, there were 10 bays, probably eight of them had nobody sitting in them. They'd gone off to lunch. They didn't know that there were people waiting. Right. So if the, again, software solution the app pulls up and says, look, your car's full and there's three people waiting. How about you get off your buttocks and just go move your car so somebody else can plug it? Or just tell you that you're waiting and not even that your car's full, but like give you an update of you're charged at 800. You have 180 mile range right now. Um, 
I know you're on your way home. We know where you live. It's right. We know what's going on here. <laughs> or, or like as, or another thing, you walk up to the supercharger if you're and you push a button, so like it alerts the charger that you're there. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it. It's all GPS enabled. They know where your cars right. are. It's, they know everything. It's not a big deal. But this is impossible to predict against, Mel. You realize that you can't bring 20 more superchargers to a location for a one-off event of a SpaceX launch or or Christmas drive back. It's it's the one percent argument that we have about why would you buy an SUV that you only need one percent of the time? One percent of the time, you're gonna maybe have an issue with your supercharger. Can you not just live with it? No. Right. This is what I'm saying. No, they can't, can't build excess capacity for for one day a year issue or even a five day a year issue, and it's not even a full day. Right. This problem that you struggled with at at the Oxnard supercharger probably lasted five to eight hours. And then it was over. All right. So I'm not worried so much about the one that I was in. I get what you're saying. But if you can and you can predict some of these events, it's such bad PR. It is such bad PR. The people who love Tesla are the people who own Teslas. And if there's more than a few of these events, the people are going to say, I'm sick of this. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. You it said it before, gonna... get a semi-trailer, stick on some of those giant Tesla batteries, pull it up there, put some solar panels out for special events. I'm just saying – and the other thing is this thing called Lux on Demand. So here in uh, New York City and in San Francisco, yeah. they're doing this service where you can go into a busy city mm-hmm. and you meet a little dude and you say, I need to drop my car off. And uh, it's sort of like an Uber-based app. Right. And you say, uh, can you take my Tesla and go and charge it up? Because you have sure. a meeting or something. I've got a meeting. And they yeah. go charge it up for you and they wash it. And then when you're about to be finished in 15 minutes, you uh, plug the little – number on that little app, bing, mm-hmm. and they come and drop your car off. That might be also something that we can do within this software fix for too many cars, not enough superchargers, some sort of valet service for your car. You go to the Tesla supercharger, you give him the keys, you go do your thing, he charges it up, she charges it up, and they keep swapping the cars out more efficiently than people just walking away for two hours. But it's a time – yeah, I mean I get that. I, I think I do – I understand what you're saying there. But but again, they have to know how much people want to charge them, where they're going. Like it's all – It's all possible in a nice and, and, and people like – I think there will be some people, Tesla owners, who would be irritated if they pulled up to a supercharger. They only needed 30 miles of charging to get home, right? And they were at 20 miles. So they only really needed to be there for about 10 or 15 minutes. But it's a Sunday, and they were really hoping to charge their car fully for the week ahead of them. Are you going to tell them because we have a wait, you have to go, move move along, Tesla owner, you don't get to fully charge your car? I think there's some etiquette that's going to have to be developed here. Like for me, normally at that Oxnard station, I would have done exactly the same thing. I would have gone, hey – Family, let's go have lunch and get a full charge, and we'll be good to go. Right. But I saw people where I'm like, no, uh-huh. that's not that's not right. Right. Let's give me give me twenty miles. I'm out of here. Right. So again, maybe it's just within. Maybe there needs to be something in the Tesla app where you can communicate with Tesla owners around you. Yes. Right. So it's just like, oh, there are five owners around you, and maybe it's more activated around superchargers that are impacted, and it kind of pops up like this feature is now active. The talk to your owners kind of feature. The pick up your car and charge it thing is cool. Is imagine in an auto park situation. So you get out of your car and your car drives to one of these places. They which, don't have to come get it. Which it can the do. The car now. drives to one of these places, pulls in, it knows, you know, it tells them what you want. They 
they park it. And then when you're done with your meeting, you call it back and it just comes back to you with the door open and no driver even has to do it. Like it's not, there's not even a person involved in that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you for jogging my memory because Elon's basically said within two years, your Tesla's in New York and you're in LA and you're like, hey, Tesla, come here. Yeah. He believes that uh, within two years, so that's probably four years, (laughs) (laughs) that the car will basically be able to drive itself autonomously and with those funky electric uh, oh, the plug robot, it in, plug robot in, plugs, yeah. it'll plug itself in yeah. and come all the way over. Those are the solutions that maybe fix this. It's a freaking new world. So I don't even go to the supercharger. I just step out of my car and walk away and the car goes on in a little jack right, here but, and but, I'm going to go find one. But the issue is kind of not the same, right? Because that in that case, you're it's the time issue for you. It's not, it's, it's not the I physically have to plug it in, right? It's yeah. I got to wait two hours. So that's a different – you're making like a different – it's a different argument. Yeah, but maybe here's how – like I, I could have gone to the outlet malls. Like I, I can wait an hour. I've got something to do. I'll go to the outlet mall. And I'll jump out there and it will drive back to the supercharger, yeah. fill itself up and come down. It would, it yeah, would make that things would be a lot pretty better. Cool. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to go see the yeah. Re- Revenant and uh, yeah. it will go down the street and plug itself in. Maybe that's what Tesla needs to do is just put a little waiting room – at the superchargers that are heavily impacted, and then you got like some Netflix in there and like a little yeah. espresso bar, really bump it up so like people want to hang out like at the Like a wine Tesla. bar and then get hammered and then your car can drive you home so you're fine. <laughs> right. And then so, yeah, so a lot of good things. Auto Park is, is part of it now. I think it's the most interesting part of autopilot to me for some reason i don't know why because it's not that hard to put your car in the garage but (laughs) yeah well but i just i think that some of these things get fixed by that look our friend robert rosenblum we love robert tesla club la member extraordinaire he's a director and he said at the director's meeting he sent us a little email he said that uh, one of the dudes there was saying that tesla opened up configuration of all model x's to anybody who's got a reservation and uh you can go and configure and the word on the street was that if you configure early and uh, get busy, then they'll deliver faster. So, yeah. uh, Which makes sense, right? Like if you've gone sense. through the process, you sh- it's like you're in the reservation line, you've made your reservation, and now your sandwich was easier to make. Or you actually – you're not standing there going, I don't know. Do I want rye bread? Do I want egg exactly. bread? Right? You make the decision and they're going to make your sandwich ahead of time. So you could be last on the reservation list. But if you configure, drop down your hundred and X amount of thousands of dollars, <laughs> then you'll be – then that's a new you line. You can jump You're the a line. new line, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a queue of configuration. So like uh, as you know, I had a reservation number. I did not configure. I think a lot of people maybe aren't configuring. Did they send you an email saying you've lost your place in not, line? Not yet. I don't, yeah, because I, I got think. my second X yeah. and they said you need to configure. And I haven't done it because I'm not ready to, and I'm just waiting to see what happens. Like one day there must be an email saying uh, you're off the list. At some point this week, I will tell you this. I'm going to go through the process of getting my five grand back, and that will be interesting to see how that works. You get your little voice recorder and go through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that will be fun because, again, like you know, uh, there were 24,000 uh, payday loans basically given to Tesla at zero interest. <laughs> By all of these people, and now some of them want their $5,000 back. I am one of them. Well, one of the reasons why things have been delayed, we've found out, is because Tesla went to this German auto manufacturer and said, you know, we've got these uh, go-wing doors. They're very exciting. Can you build them for us? They're like, no problem. we got it down. 
and uh, then it turns out they couldn't make them. And now Tesla and the German auto manufacturer are having a fight and suing each other. But part of the delays of why the Tesla took the X took so long to come to fruition is perhaps because of those stupid doors. I'm worried about Elon those doors. Elon calls them the most difficult engineering feat on the car. And uh, I think, well, he said it himself. He regrets making this so difficult to yeah. build. I wanted to build this perfect car, and it's been really hard. And there's been a number of auto riders saying this is going to be a warranty disaster. Yeah. What ended up happening with this lawsuit was that this automotive comfort systems, which sounds a little sketchy to me, of a weird name, <laughs> what, did a bunch of prototypes. None of them were ever acceptable. So Tesla never made a final order with them, and they ended up designing it themselves, engineering it themselves, and sending it out to another manufacturer to produce them. And that, that's kind of what this is at. So they paid this company about $3 million for all the prototype work, but now they're in the sort of this pissing match about breach of contract. They're claiming they were good enough. Tesla's like, it doesn't work that way. And so we'll find out. But it's very, very difficult to build these doors. That's been proven. But they're doing it. Um, and you can read more about that at Tesla Ruddy. We love those guys. Yeah. Now, uh, finally, here there is an email that uh, was basically sent to Tom, and it's from Chris Biddle. Hi, Chris. How you doing, buddy? And uh, he said, you know, Tom, um, there's a really great aggregating place to find uh, secondhand Teslas. He was right. EV it was a CPO. good spot. Is it a good spot? It Tell was. Us, give us a summary. So, Actually, let me give you that website again. It's EV dash cpo.com ev dash cpo.com i went to this spot it's basically another online kind of spreadsheet that shows what cars are available it's it's a lot of the same uh inventory that's on the tesla website and some additional website you can click it you know by price or you can get the lowest prices on the top and all the features so this leads me to i guess it's an announcement of some sort oh um this is exciting yesterday yeah my wife bought a Tesla. What the what? You, you left that to the end? What the what? Oh, did you not see the little note at the beginning? I said, I have some news. Do you want it now or at the end? No. Dude. What a, what a great way to end. Talk to us, Thomas. So this yesterday, my wife calls me from work, and the we'd had some problems with the automatic door locks on the 1992 Lexus that we're currently I'm currently making my wife drive around because we don't have another car. And the battery died. And she called me. She's like, the battery died again. It's like the third time she's had it jumped. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Hung up on her. I'm like, I got to go back to work. Got to focus. Got to get the, get the money. But the irony is already about thick. The battery died on your gasoline car. On about, <laughs> yeah, that is thick. About 10 minutes later, my email goes, ding. And I get these little notifications. And it's like, congratulations, you just bought a Tesla. So that pushed her over the edge because she'd been looking at this Tesla on the website, this used Model S um, on the website, and we had been going back and forth about it. It's not not an 85. It's a 60. 60. Uh But it's white. Yes. It has black interior. Yes. It has rear-facing seats. Okay. It has the body-colored roof, so it doesn't have the panoramic window, which I didn't want her to get. Yes. So that makes me kind of happy living in the valley. It has the air suspension. It has the tech package. Dang. It, it, it's, 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 it's ours. It's you So we have to it's, – it's currently – I think it might be buried under 42 inches of snow, so that might give you an idea of where, <laughs> where it, it is, is in the country. It's in Nuevo Yorque. 
Oh. And uh, I'm a, we pay – I think it's like 1500 bucks for them to transport it out here. But if you work for Tesla Transportation Department and you're listening to this podcast, why don't you cut a brother a break and waive the $1,500 for someone who talks about your – automobiles all the time so now exciting we're getting an s it's got about what the 200 mile range we hope it's got the rear facing seats in it so you'll be able to drive in that for the the first time ever like we'll put her in the front which maybe will be very scary for us and we'll get in the rear facing seat and we'll do a thing and so we yeah so there you go we we are uh we're a tesla family again how much do I divulge the price? Yeah, because people want to know. $47,000. Oh, that's pretty good. Plus the $1,500 transportation fee, 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 plus the taxes. So what are we looking at? So forty-eight five plus tax. So, you know, 52 55 something that's, in you that. You got yourself a Tesla. In that ballpark. Well, my wife has a Tesla. So. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, talking Tesla has two people with the Tesla <laughs> now. That's right. so great. So now I have the RAV. With the Tesla insides, and I have the Tesla oh, with the more, Tesla outsides. You're more Tesla than me. That's well, for a sure. short amount of time until that X shows up yeah, in your driveway. So now here's the 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 first thing. This is really sad. The okay. first thing that goes through my head mm-hmm. is how are we going to charge this stupid thing in my house? Right. So I have a charger, yeah. one charger for the Rav. Yeah, and it has the J one seven seven two connector. Yeah. But it's a it's a box that's plugged into a fifty amp box, yep. right? So am I going to have to unplug it no. to plug the Tesla thing into it no. and then charge the Tesla? What am I What am I going to do, Mal? Tell me what I'm going to do. I don't want to get a second charger. You're so <clears throat> ignorant. No, there's a I am there's ignorant. an adapter. You put your J one eleven seventeen thousand uh, whatever it's called, and you plug <laughs> it into a Tesla adapter, and you plug it into your car. It's a simple piece of plastic with some steel in it, and, boom, and, and it, it doesn't works in affect the like the speed of transfer, any of that stuff. It's all, no, it's, it's going to be. It's not going to be as fast as an eighty amp Tesla charger, but it doesn't matter. You're uh, you just need that one connector, and you just have the adapter on the end, dude. Your biggest problem is like you're going to have to shuffle the cars. When one's full, you're going to have to shuffle them. You're going to have to have one of the kids, probably Hannah, she's got a driver's license, give her a act like a valet. Is the swap the cars around. Okay, so the last thing I would like to talk about is the the iTunes store. I'd give it up on your ass. And the reviews on the iTunes store. We're going to end this with this. So we've gotten – a lot of very great reviews. There's 21 ratings and uh, quite a few reviews. And one guy, (laughs) (laughs) one guy, I don't know if you've read this, very early on in the program, left us a one-star review. Yeah, I've read it. It's hysterical. (laughs) And his comments were this, and I quote, just lame with no backup. These two numb notes don't even own a Model S Model X or a Roadster. That was incorrect, that by was the wrong. way. That was wrong, yes. Drivel, period. Any owner who spends any time on the forum would be better informed. Pass. Unsubscribe. You know what I have to say to this gentleman? You get us. That's true. <laughs> we don't back any of this shit up. We're here to have a good time and to entertain the people. And so I know I, loved it. I know you're I loved out it. there. I know you haven't unsubscribed. I know he's listening I know right you're now. still <laughs> listening. And you know what? You're right. You are welcome, sir. And now I do own a Model S. Thank you. So bite me. Did you spend $55,000 just because of that one guy? 
No, I'm not going to give him that level of satisfaction. That is not on the record. Tom, that is I, not the case. I had given up. You want to see a picture of hope. it? Yeah, let's see it. Bring it up here. Your order is complete. 60 kilowatt Model S, white solid paint, body color roof, 19 inch wheels, black leather interior, Obeche wood mat decor. Oh, you betcha. Piano black decor. Thank you. Supercharging, yeah. tech package, mm. active air suspension, Yours is better than and rear-facing seats, Do which I'm concerned about the space that they take up. So we'll talk about that now because now we can we can speak to that. We can speak to whether we can unbolt them and throw them away. <laughs> yeah, Laney, Laney was like, it doesn't take up any additional space. And I was like, do you not understand the laws of physics? What you just said is not possible. <laughs> They have to take up some space because they're not part of a particle accelerator that makes them appear and disappear. It's, so, it's got to take up so space. So very, very silly. So there you have it. Well, too, we're going to do a special edition. Oh, we could we're, do it. We're going to uh, sit in there. We're going to talk about it. Because, mm, oh, this is, I'm so glad you did it. You spend $55,000 on the next episode. Thank you. So, um, Please, people, donate. <laughs> donate to the show. <laughs> the Daddy's button. got to pay for a Tesla now. Oh, and on that $55,000 note, I've got to thank Brandon Morse because Brandon gave us $25 to help the podcast going. He said, boys, you're doing a great job. Go buy yourself some pizza. Thanks, Brandon. Because we're talking, 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 tal